Um, we're going to be uh, reading out of uh, John chapter 15, and I'm going to be reading from the NIV. Um, and if you don't have a Bible and you would like a Bible, um, if you raise your hand, somebody will grab a Bible and get it to you. So if you need one, and just stay in John 15 because we're camping there and we're not going uh, anywhere else. Is there anyone that needs needs a Bible? Just lift up your hand. Anyone? So John 15 is an awesome awesome passage um and i can't preach all of john 15 tonight um i would love to be able to preach all of john 15 tonight but that would be a really 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 long sermon so here's what i want to encourage you guys to do get in and study john 15 don't just read it don't just read it study it study it read it and and read a couple verses and say lord what are you saying in this lord let my let my eyes be open to your word. So I'm going to read. Um, I'm going to read quite a few verses, and then we're just going to kind of, kind of camp uh, at the, the beginning. So John 15, verse one. This is Jesus speaking. All of this is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. That passage that I read, that's kind of where we're going to camp. But I, I want to read this next part because it's interesting and it's thought-provoking and I pray that the Holy Spirit stirs us up to study His Word um, throughout the week. So, in verse 10. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and then appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. And I'm going to stop right there. You guys, this is so rich. This is so, this is such a feast of God's word. 
But there's a part of it that just stands out to me and that resonates to me and that just applies. You know what's amazing? You know, I love to preach in series. I really do. I love to preach in series. And we have been preaching the last several weeks on trusting the Lord, on uh, being patient in the midst of, of suffering and pressing and crushing. And we've preached on joy and having joy in all circumstance. And that was not a planned series. But it was a series. Don't get me wrong. It, the Holy Spirit just brought it together. We didn't plan that. The Holy Spirit has had His way in saying, this is what you guys are, are, are to hear right now. So how cool is it that our God speaks to us and our God does speak to us? How cool is it that He has been just saying, no, this isn't just something that... You're, you're not just following your script. You're following my lead. Verse 1. I am the true vine... And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. We can stop right there. So this is very interesting. I like looking and dissecting the word. So this passage starts out with, I am the vine and my father is the gardener, right? I am the vine. This is Jesus speaking. I am the vine. My father is the gardener. So, if I was writing it, I think I'd go right into the bountiful goodness of the vine, right? You know, the fruit that comes from me is awesome stuff, and it's fulfilling, and it, you know, whatever. What does Jesus do? He says, I'm the vine, my father is the gardener. And then to paraphrase, he says, no matter who you are or where you're at, you're getting cut. That's the next thing he says. No matter who you are or where you're at, if you bear fruit or if you don't bear fruit, you are getting cut. Isn't that amazing? That's how he begins. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. We're going to come back to that in a second. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Church, friends, none of us are exempt from the cutting. None of us are exempt from the cutting away. In studying this passage, we see again and again and again, the purpose of the vine is to bear fruit. The purpose of our connection to the vine is to bear fruit. I asked James and Amy to, to... I want to do a little illustration about the vine. So, James and Amy, everybody. This one's James. This one's Amy. Okay. So, James is going to be representative of the vine. And who's the vine? Well, yeah, James is the vine. That's, she's, you know, she's sharp. She's quick. But according, according to Jesus in John 15, um, who's the vine? Jesus. Who's the vine? It is Jesus. That's good. So James is representing the vine in Jesus. So now Amy and then also James's arms are going to represent branches. Okay. So this branch right here is Dina. Okay. Actually, I'm not going to name because we only have four branches. So be big, Amy. Big. Okay. So we only have like four branches, but you guys are all a branch. Okay. So maybe, you know, this one right here is, I don't know. You know, they're all each one of you guys. So according to this passage, 
If you don't bear fruit, you're cut away. But if you do bear fruit, you're pruned, which is to cut away. You know, a different word, and, and we'll come back to that in a second. But when we're talking about pruning, you know, we're not talking about, okay, you know, we'll kind of chop off the end, you know, and maybe, you know, that's not pruning. Have you, how many of you guys prune? Prune your bushes and your trees. Isn't that like the scariest thing ever? It terrifies me. I feel like I'm killing it every time. You know why? Because it's not this. It's like this. And then it's like this. I mean, you're, you're cutting so much of it. You're like, oh my gosh. You know, if I came, if I went home and pruned everything, my wife would freak out. She's like, you're an axe murderer. What are you doing to that innocent tree? You know, and, and they all get pruned to the point where it's just this like stick. It's like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. It's just hideous. And it's just horrible. And when we look at it, we no longer see these branches that were bearing fruit, right? This passage says, if you bear fruit, so these lovely branches that were bearing fruit are now gone. And what we're left with is, is a bare vine. But that's what we're supposed to be left with. Because what's the vine? Jesus. We want the fruit that comes from our lives to come from the vine. We want it to come from the heart of the vine, the lifeblood of the vine. We want it to come from Jesus. Yet we're bearing fruit. But you know what? When we, uh, when we endure the pruning and we lean upon the Lord and we abide in Him and we make Him our home and we place our trust in Him and we make Him our friends and we obey His commands all in this passage. Such unbelievable fruit comes and it's not of our doing or of our goodness or of our works. It is straight from Jesus. So now when this vine is flourishing again, that's beautifully theatrical. That was awesome. And yeah, yeah. And then the backside starts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All of this fruit now, everything that comes from there, I can get behind and kind of. All right. That was dramatic pose. Okay. It's all straight from Jesus. It started in him. And it worked its way out. And it is so much more brilliant and big and great. And God is glorified. Everybody, let's thank you. Let's thank our, our team there. This passage says, The Father is glorified when what? Anybody know? When we bear fruit, the Father receives glory when we bear fruit. When our lives bear fruit because of Jesus Christ. It ain't no pressurized thing where all this pressure's on us. To, no, it comes straight from Jesus. It comes straight from the vine. And it's good. 
and it brings life and it brings nourishment. Jesus wants us to be extensions of Him that bring the fruit to those around us in our lives that will bring life, that will bring nourishment. How do we how do we do that? We make our home in Him. The word abide. There was a song back in the day called Abiding in the Vine. When we sing it. I'm not going to sing it because I only got a couple yeses and I got like ten no's. I got some. There's one called Abiding in the Vine. Abiding, what does that mean? We make our home in the vine. We remain in the vine. We make our home in Him. He is our home and He lives in us and we abide, we stay, we remain with Him. So there's in this passage, there's two verses that talk about branches that are cut off. There's one that I want to read here. By the way, I want to bring someone, something to our attention. Does, does the church, is the church the gardener who cuts and prunes and removes? Are men in authority and pastors the gardener who cuts? Who, who's, who's the gardener? The father's the gardener. Just make this perfectly clear. This passage has been perverted in the past by people in authority thinking they have the right to cut off and that's garbage. That is not the passage. Just side note. Side note. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. If we can hop down to verse 6, it says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. I want to bring something to your attention. Because once again, in, in church, we've made these branches the same branches, and they're not. They're not the same branches. What we've made this passage to say is, if you don't bear fruit, you're cut off, and you're bound up, and you're thrown in the fire, because you're withering, and you're thrown in the fire. Right? We've done that, right? It's, the, it's not the same branches. Jesus is using an example. It is not the same. Verse 1, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. That, that word cut off, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Here's what that word is translated as. It's the Greek word, iro. And I want to read the entire definition. It's long. And it, it's, listen to what that word means. This is the word cut off. Every branch that does not bear fruit, the Father cuts off, right? Here's what that means. To raise up, to elevate, to lift up, to raise from the ground, to take up, to raise upwards, to elevate, to lift up, to draw up, to take upon oneself and carry what has been raised up, to bear, to bear away what has been raised to move from its place, to take off or away what is attached, to remove, to carry off, to carry away with one, to appropriate what is taken. I love this one. To take and apply, 
to any use. This is what that word means. To cut off. It doesn't mean it's cut off and discarded. We're not to confuse it with this passage that comes a little bit later. To cut off means the Father lifts it up and brings it with Him to carry off, to carry away with one. He cuts them off and He keeps them near. He cuts them off and He lifts them up and He uses it for His purpose. And He says, they're not bearing fruit now, but I'm not done with their purpose. I still have purpose for them. What is that purpose? That purpose is to one day be grafted back into the vine. To be grafted back into Him. So that we can have life. But we've mistaken this and said, oh no, it's going to be thrown into the fire. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. What is a branch that's thrown away and withers? When we, as Christians, are that branch that choose not to remain in Him. When we choose not to be in relationship with Him and we make it religion, we make it religion instead of relationship. We're dry. We're withered. We're useless. These aren't the people that aren't bearing fruit. The ones that are dry and withered and that are worthless are when we as Christians choose not to live in Him. Not to make Him our home and to, and to be in friendship with Him. Guys, this passage is so powerful. How many how many people are in that place right now of of pruning, of being pruned by the Lord? You feel like, and, and maybe you didn't know the difference. All you felt was the cutting, and you're like, "What the heck's going on?" I want to encourage you. Although the pruning cuts away at our flesh and our self and our pride, God wants us cut away at our self and our flesh and our pride. He, he wants those things trimmed back so that we're walking around totally dependent upon Him. Totally nubby and trusting and dependent upon Him. And saying, Lord, I don't know what it's going to look like when it comes out, but Lord, it just I know it's going to be You. And what grows back looks like Him and sounds like Him and resonates Him and exalts Him and points to Him. And it's Him. when we trust our lives in Jesus Christ, there's going to be pruning because there's things in our life that need to be trimmed away. There's areas of pride that need to be trimmed away. It, it, that's just, it is what it is. There's areas of sin 
that that he wants to see defeated in our lives. Areas maybe of addiction or maybe there's areas of compromise. And so pruning takes place so that we can grow and reflect Jesus Christ. You know, do you relate to that passage of being a branch that is dry and withered because we haven't been abiding in Him? We haven't been living in Him. Guys, ain't nothing more dissatisfying than a half-hearted relationship with God. That's why the Bible says we had a cold, lukewarm, you know, I'll, spit, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. Hey, hey. Hot or cold. Nothing's more dissatisfying than a middle-of-the-road Christian walk. Dry and withered. That's when we choose not to abide in Him. God hadn't turned your back on you. God hadn't turned His back on me. When we choose not to abide in Him, not to live in Him... In the Message Bible, this talks about home, home. Jesus is my home. I live in Jesus. You know, that's what we're to have in relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not, it's not religion. It's not. It's relationship. When is the Father glorified? When we bear fruit. When, when we bear fruits because you guys are awesome, when we bear fruit because, gosh, I'm just so dang talented, when we bear fruit because I, you have just been so exemplary and so good and you've gotten all the merit badges, right? No. <laughs> when we've allowed the Lord to prune away the things that were bearing fruit in the first place so that he can bring about something bigger and better. Mark, I'm at a crossroads. I, you know, I just, I'm at a point where I need to hear from God. Well, guess what? You are hearing from God right now. You are hearing from God. You are hearing from God. All we've done is read his word and talk about it. You're hearing from God right now. You're at a crossroads. You're hearing from God. He's giving you his answer right now. Live in him so that you're not going to die when you're getting pruned. Live in Him so that you can endure the, the stuff. Even the good stuff. But we want the Jesus stuff, right? If we read this passage, and I, I wasn't even sure which I was preaching today. What kind of friend commands you what to do? According to this passage, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. According to this, Jesus. But if, if I said, Brian, invest in Cheez-Its. Invest all your money in Cheez-Its. And, you're go- and tomorrow you're going to yield a 100% return. And if you don't invest in Cheez-Its, then you're going to just be the most miserable man in this place tomorrow because Cheez-Its are totally, you know, going to bring a 100% return. But if you invest in Cheez-Its, and then the next time I say, treat your wife more kindly. 
you're going to go, well, last time he gave me a command. <laughs> it worked out pretty good, so I'm going to trust him in this one, right? Give everything away. Everything. Give it away. And then now go over here because this person's giving everything away and I want it to be given to you. But we're not going to get that second part. Into, you know what? Jesus is that friend that says, if you follow my commands, you are my friends. If you don't, you ain't. Right? <laughs> That's... Trust me completely and you are my friend. Trust me part of the way and you're going to feel withered up and dry. Jesus is so good and what he has for us is so good. But it is so dependent upon us trusting Him. Living a life trusting Him. Trusting Him in the pruning or trusting Him that His purpose for us is still there even in the times that we were cut away and lifted up with Him. We look to Jesus Christ we find our life in the vine. We live and abide in Him. 